Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Market View, where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors, and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares opened weaker today, led by declines in banking stocks and index counters, and that's after global markets finished muted in the previous session. Then, early trade, the Straits Times Index was down 0.3 percent to 3,100. 161 points after nearly 25 million securities changed hands in the broader market. The numbers on the SGX are still firming up, but here's what we are looking at. The Straits Times Index currently deeper in the red is down 1.1%, looking at 3,137 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $942 million. The gainers trailed losers 231 versus 354. Top 5 movers by value we have here OCBC, UOB, DBS, SIA and Capoco. Heavily traded securities included C-Trim, Rex International and Thai Beverage. Now as REITs are in focus today after Capo REITs manager reported a 5% year-on-year increase in property income for its first nine months ended September. Now elsewhere from China's economic growth slowing to 4.9% in the third quarter to the impact of the ongoing Israel-Gaza conflict on the King Dollar. More international headlines remain in focus. Joining us on the line is Jeff Ng, Head of Asia Macro Strategy at SMBC. Jeff, welcome. Hi, good evening. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. And before we get started, Jeff, let's talk a little bit more about that. Intensifying Israel-Gaza conflict, a strike on a Gaza hospital in the spotlight. How has that weighed on markets in the US and also in the region? And to what extent is this reflected in the Singapore stock market today? Well, I think if you look at the S&P since the start of October, it has been hovering slightly higher uh, and stabilizing past few sessions. And then the STI, it seems like it's on a weekly crawl downward. So everything looks a bit counterintuitive. So perhaps not too much uh, economic or financial impact on markets, given that perhaps what's happening in Israel-Gaza is uh, not really at the epicenter of uh, the global financial market. So the potential... Uh, limit uh, so like uh, e- economic and financial impact on the global financial markets is uh, likely limited, and uh, the the impact on fundamentals is uh, currently quite low if we look at it from a direct basis. However, I think there's always uh, the the threat of escalation. So whenever mm. uh, such conflicts uh, intensify or expand on a more geographically wider basis, it could potentially cause a greater impact on the region because. Uh, you know, that, that is near the area where uh, some of the major oil producers may be. So that mm. could also potentially increase oil prices and threaten on world, world growth. So I think that uh, may be weighing on markets, or even though it's not directly impacting on markets at this stage. So, uh, Jeff, if I may just very quickly follow up, looking at today's STI performance down over 1%, I believe, sentiment-driven or are there any other factors outside of that Israel-Gaza conflict influencing markets? Um, I would believe that it could be due to, uh, for instance, uh, the overnight uh, data that has been uh, released in, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So retail sales was uh, relatively uh, buoyant and uh, surpassed expectations because I think over the past few months, uh, markets have been expecting the U.S. economy uh, to start to weaken. 
and uh, consumers to feel the blunt of high interest rate and then curbing their disposable income and also reducing their spending. But so far, it hasn't materialized. So mm. that has uh, reinforced uh, the higher for longer team. And I think that has uh, caused perhaps uh, some of the concerns uh, among some of the more activity-related stocks in Singapore mm. as well as affected some sentiments. Mm. And speaking of Singapore, and in particular, you talked about borrowing costs. Let's take a look at S REITs, Jeff. Capital REIT reporting 5% year-on-year increase in property income for the first nine months ended September. But at the same time, distributable income from operations down over 10%, partly due to higher borrowing costs. Broadly speaking, what is the outlook for S REITs as we enter the last quarter? I think broadly there are two angles. One is uh, the property sector angle, which is affected by the high interest rates. I think uh, whenever there's high interest rate, the financing cost increases. And and I think that does uh, weigh on uh, some of the outlook. And then secondly, I think in terms of uh, the outlook, uh, what we are seeing is also a very divisive economic outlook in uh, Singapore. Mm -hmm. I think we are seeing that manufacturing continues to be in the doldrums, but albeit was be slightly improving. Uh, at the same time, I think retail is uh, supported by the buoyant tourism revival in Singapore, and office uh, uh, spaces are also helped by uh, the fact that you know Singapore is uh, still uh, growing in terms mm. of uh, let us say the financial services sector, the, the business services sector. So overall, I mean the, the government and ourselves, we do expect growth to improve in uh, 2024. So that's likely to going to be positive. Uh, so overall, I think it still means that the outlook could be challenging but could improve in the year ahead as the economic outlook starts to improve, even though the higher interest rate costs uh, may still bite. Yeah, and taking a look at what's happening in the region, Jeff, official data showed China's economic growth slowed to 4.9% in the third quarter. But at the same time, the IMF maintains 2023 growth forecast for the APEC region, looking at 4.6% here. How far are the numbers in line with the expectations? I think the overall theme for the Asia-Pacific region is that of divergence. There's mm. going to be some economies that's going to be growing at uh, paces that's way below uh, their 10-year their trend average. And then there's also be going to be some that's uh, growing quite uh, well and uh, above their, their potential growth rate. I think if you look at China growth, we should continue to see growth around 5% for this year and next year, uh, supported by official policy. Mm-hmm. And I think today's uh, uh, growth results showed that the, the growth over the past three quarters is about 5.2%, showing mm-hmm. that China is on track to meet the economic growth, even though uh, there's still plenty of soft spots, like the uh, prices are not uh, sort of increasing and imports are not uh, growing, which shows that there's some muted demand. Uh, but retail sales and the surveyed jobless data came in better than expected. I think overall what we see is that despite the fact that you know the uh, prices as well as the import numbers are quite soft, uh, but today's uh, retail sales uh, spending as well as the unemployment rate uh, beat expectations. So there's some resilience amid the soft data. And then at the same time, for Asia, some economies are likely to grow uh, below trend level, but some economies are likely to grow at a faster than a uh, trend level because uh, Asia as a whole mm. uh, benefit from some trade diversion. And at the same time, uh, we, we are likely to see uh, some of the tra- uh, small and open economies like Singapore, South Korea and Taiwan uh, face some more headwinds uh, from the current downturn experienced by the major economies. So overall, I think the picture is fairly mixed. 
Uh, but I think uh, the overall IMF outlook seems uh, that uh, quite about correct at this current stage. Hmm. And further away, uh, Jeff, do want to take a look at this piece of news. Uh, shares of Visa and MasterCard dropped in late trading over in the US after the Fed announced that it will consider revising the cap on fees that merchants need to pay to banks every time consumers swipe a debit card at the checkout. Any guess on the reasons for the move and any wider implications though? Yeah, I think looking at the, the news, it looks like there's some automation which is helping to reduce uh, fees. Uh, so I think that's why perhaps the central bank is uh, announcing uh, at some uh, sort of like potential changes in, in that. Uh, but I think overall, I, I think the main point for the economy uh, is uh, that uh, the U.S. economy is uh, still undergoing, you know, some uh, sort of like a consumer spending boom. And at the same time, uh, there's, uh, there's uh, some divided kind of uh, economic growth. Uh, if you want to achieve more growth in the in the near to medium term, I think that uh, there's still some need for productivity growth and having some more of uh, this kind of uh, innovation uh, with uh, more AI. I think that will help to support that. Mm. And let's wrap up by going back to where we started, uh, Jeff. What are the near term volatilities surrounding the king dollar against major currencies? Given, of course, number one the oil supplies and the possibility of the Israel-Gaza conflict turning regional and rate hike expectations for December? I think the key point is on policy uncertainty in the coming few months. Uh, one is that the US government uh, is uh, facing uh, the, the lack of a uh, you know, clear speaker who is able to then uh, negotiate towards uh, more government funding and avoid a, a shutdown. So that's one of the event risks. Uh, that, that is uh, on investors' mind for the month ahead. At the same time, I think there's also some policy uncertainty in terms of when the Fed uh, start to change its uh, policy stance, you know, from being more neutral to hawkish towards mm. uh, more dovish uh, tone going forward. And also, I think, how will the China authorities cope with the current situation where growth is starting to improve, but perhaps uh, still not at a pace that they may have uh, wanted. So I think all these do mean that uh, at this stage, uh, markets are still likely to be uh, looking at a lot of uh, two, two-way uh, and uh, news updates that, that mm. come along the, before. And yeah. uh, I think for now, the U.S. Uh, interest rates uh, may, may still uh, be helped, uh, but there's still a chance that they could mm-hmm. hide one more time before turning to rate cuts by 2024. So a lot of it will be likely data-dependent and event-driven mm. in the coming month or so. All right, I see. Thanks a lot, Jeff. That was Jeff Ng, Head of Asia Macro Strategy at SMBC. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.